0: masonic podcast
1: yeah yeah not that one the other one
0: brother jared atkins <laughs> brother todd whaley how
1: y'all doing hey i'm super stoked this is it gonna be a good one uh
0: we've been on a massive quest in the last couple of months to, to do interviews and we're picking and choosing random masons throughout the state yeah, i shouldn't well you know what i mean but i'm super excited about the guest we have today yeah it's so a,
1: it's a good one here uh,
0: Who, by the way, I did not get a meet at Grand Lodge because I didn't get to go to Grand Lodge. Right. But I hold in my hand a pin he gave you to give to me. Yep. But uh, why don't we go ahead and let our guests introduce ourselves. We have Brother Randall Ellington. Uh, Brother Randall, would you like to introduce yourself and run through your Masonic titles for us?
2: Well, I think you kind of already introduced me.
0: So I just want to give you a chance to it. I mean, I know Masons don't brag, but... uh, you're holding a pretty precarious position, and uh, are prestigious, I should say. I'd You're like to precarious. give you a chance to <laughs> prestigious. I'd go. like to give you a chance to introduce yourself.
2: Well, precarious would probably be the correct terminology <laughs> for some of the brothers in the state, so we'll go with precarious. You know, how, how did I get here? So, uh, well, I am the right eminent grand commander, the grand commander of the state of Indiana. Um, there's enough other titles behind me but you know that's the one that that's the only important one at this point in time.
0: Right. Thank you so for we'll the get, beautiful we'll pin by the way I'm holding this in my hand uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna display this eventually probably put it on my one of my good hats but I'm uh, thank you for this beautiful beautiful pin. Hey, no problem. Uh, so no problem. we start every episode on the podcast. I don't know if you've checked out episodes of the podcast or not. Uh, not,
2: I, I've I've listened to a couple of them. Uh, as far pretty as, interesting. As far <laughs> as we know,
0: Todd, we are the only Masonic podcast in the state of Indiana. As as That's I why knew. everybody loves us. But uh, <laughs> we we we, else. <laughs> we keep some sort of format. So, Brother Randall, we are going to ask you the the same question we start every interview with: How and why did you get involved in Freemasonry? Well,
2: um, let's start from birth. How's that? How about uh, that uh, works? <laughs> Will will that work? That works. Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, I was literally born into the Masonic fraternity, if you want to say that. My brother and sister were in Demon and Job's daughters. My dad was a Mason out of Cumberland Lodge in Cumberland, Indiana, and my mom decided that she did not want to join uh, Eastern Star. She just wanted to be a mom and a wife of a Mason. So uh, when I was born, one of my nurses was on my sister's. Bethel guardian council (laughs) and my mom would bring me to Jeb's daughters and d malay meetings so i would literally crawl around on the floor um so i guess you could say i have over 50 years in lodge quote unquote oh wow that's Um, pretty amazing right there
0: that's just like me and you we were running around i mean in our respective (laughs) lodge when we were kids well i was running around the fellowship hall all the time as a kid i I
1: really my, my, my dad was never really active in lodge so See, to see me doing this was like baffling to him because he never was never really interested in being an officer
2: right (laughs) See, my my dad wasn't that officer either he was just he went to the state of meetings he was a dues card carry member uh my brother and sister my sister knew how to play the piano so she got stuck being the organist or the musician of of job's daughter so she (laughs) never got a chance to go up through the line oh wow and my my brother decided he didn't either so but we uh, moved from Indianapolis down to Shelbyville, and and uh, I was involved with Boy Scouts at the time, okay. and Cub Scouts, and uh, then when I turned 13, uh, my dad came home with a Demolay petition that was already signed, and uh, I got involved with a local Demolay chapter, it was a William Hacker chapter in Shelbyville, okay. and uh, you know I kind of stopped being involved with Boy Scouts because I was... Demolay and Boy Scouts met on the same night. Oh yeah. So, you know, so I ended up going up through the officer line in Demolay, and and basically, like a lot of kids, when uh when you graduate or get a job, you kind of drop out of right. your youth organization, and and I did. So right. uh, then, uh, my mom happened to see a article in the local newspaper saying that there was Demolay's meeting. Uh, you talk about trying to reform a chapter down at Farmers Lodge One Forty Seven, which was which was down in uh, which was down in Norristown, Indiana at the time. Okay, and uh, she goes, "Hey, how about you know take a look at you know maybe you want to go down to this?" And it piqued my interest, and I walked you know go on down there and uh, met Roger Van Gordon, past grandmaster. And he was uh, kind of the senior D. Malay that was kind of overseeing getting a group of boys together. And uh, I walk in not knowing anybody in the room. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I was the youngest one in the room, other than the kids, that had been in D. Malay. And Roger said, hey, how about you talk about D. Malay for a little bit. And I'm a product of the, uh, being asked to join lodge, not the, you know, to be one, ask one. Right. Um, I was actually asked if I was interested in joining a lodge once I got involved with the, uh, trying to start the demolay chapter. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, once, once I ended up joining a lodge, uh, I got put on the fast track at a small country lodge, oh, yeah. started out as senior deacon and worked my way up to master in you know, four short years yeah so
1: <laughs> i can relate to know. that i did about the same thing
2: <laughs> yeah so uh you know and then once i joined lodge you know just like a lot of other people you know what's next york right Scottish right shrine right stuff like that and uh i went to york right and Scottish right way and uh you know shrine came later several other groups came later but yep. um yeah, you know, once I got involved with the with the York right. um you, was, you really
0: fell in love with the York right. didn't you?
2: Well, I mean, it you know, the the Order of the Temple, um that degree, you know, order, um actually um is probably by far one of the best orders in masonry.
0: Yeah, I know, agree one of the degrees in masonry. You know, you know, B- know how- brother Randall, I want to share something with you uh if you said you you know, you've been a, a follower of the podcast, so obviously you've heard some of the things I've said. I've I'm at the point now in the last nine months where I know that Masonically I need something more and I kept wrestling with this Scottish Rite, York Rite thing and um Grotto Shrine, Tulsa. Ra- yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's probably going to be the York right and uh I think another reason that I'm excited to have you on here today is cause I know we're going to get some serious good York right talk and it's really going to give me some more information about it oh, yeah. as much as you know, you know, as much as you're allowed to say without, you know, quote unquote, lifting the veil, <laughs> uh, because I am not currently a member of the York, right. But I, I told Todd, like, I'm really looking forward to this. I was like, because of how I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be petitioning the York right sometime soon within the next couple of months. So yeah. it's, I'm excited to have you on the show for not not only just to to have another wonderful Mason tell a story but because I've got someone that's so vastly experienced with York Right, which as as Todd basically referenced you are the he's the head poobah of the state of the head yes. for York Rite so <laughs> this is this is going to be an outstanding episode. Yeah
2: hey i i do not belong to the loyal order of the water buffalo but, but
1: some places have a degree
2: for that though oh, they they do <laughs> yeah. they do but I, but i do have one of those cool you know blue fuzzy hats there's oh, also man. a couple you know if you know past grandmaster uh, carl coleman oh yes um He's he's donned one of those uh, nice water buffalo hats in the past at well, a couple of Masonic functions. Well, too. I
1: believe uh, Jeff Zaring uh, one wore one he after he got installed as Grand Master.
2: Uh, that was Carl.
1: And I think Jeff did too. The well, a couple years have. before that, because I was master, I was down there for it. Oh, he yeah. said, "Now we're going to have some fun." If you you can't tell, we're going to have fun this year. It's
2: like okay. Carl's got a really nice one. I wish mine was as nice as his. <laughs> yeah, He got the high yeah.
1: dollar ones. Look,
0: look, look, look. Oh yeah, look oh, yeah I, a, I know. Nice. Yeah. Water buffalo yeah, talk. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so, brother Randy, uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I just drew a blank. Uh, <laughs> So what kept your interest uh, in coming back? I mean, like, you know, we, we've talked about this with a lot of people. You know, some guys get their first three degrees and they don't ever come back. They don't ever, you know, join any independent bodies. They pay their dues every year. But it's just like, hmm, I've got the title. That's all I need. What, what kept your interest in coming back month after month and branching out into all these other bodies?
2: Well, If, if you're active in masonry at all, masonry is another family. And once you get active, like in your lodge, I belong to a small country lodge. Um, you know, we have less than a hundred members and the guys that would come to our state, you know, state of meetings, they became more like family. Right. And, um, you know, the term brothers, I mean, with having a DMLA background, um, you know, I am still extremely close to several of those brothers, you know, to this day. Um, and it it just becomes an extended, extended family. You know, you care about, you know, their family. Um, you get to know their kids, their wives, their Mm -hmm. brothers, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it was kind of something, you know, I took a hiatus from, 18 to 31 before I joined Lodge. Oh wow! Uh, just because of work and got married and stuff like that. Like you know, life gets in the way. Life happens. So oh yes, it does. And um, you know, so so when I joined Lodge, it kind of felt like it was something that, as a kid belonging to D. Malay, it was the same aspect. Um, you know, going to a meeting and yeah i get the whole you know reading of the minutes stuff like that but <clears> it was the stuff outside of that you know necessarily um and then once i you know pulled, you know join the york right of the scottish right um and the scottish right uh, it's just a continuation it's even it's even more people um and you know once you join those organizations it's not your local anymore it's statewide oh yeah and or nationwide and or you know international depending on who you are right you know Uh, when
0: i when i was when i was on this quest i had talked to several brothers affiliated with with both with both rights and then uh uh when i came back to masonry after being away for eight or nine years uh Randy Seipel was one of the first people I met. One of the most Jeff. genuine human beings I have ever met in my life. I love the man to pieces. And I i told Randy, I'm like, Randy, I, I need something more. I was like, and you know, it's probably not the grotto right now, it's not the shrine, it's gonna be one of the right bodies. And he broke this down in the most simplest, beautiful way for me. He goes, You gotta think about it like college education. I said, Okay. He said, York Right's where you go to get your history degree. Scottish writes where you go and get your philosophy degree. He said, it's just a matter of what you want to major in. And I was like, wow, and, okay.
2: And, that, and that's pretty spot on. I hadn't looked at it that way, but, you know, Randy's a past most wise master of the Rose, Rose Croix. Yep. And, I mean, he's, you know – He's a Randy too, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, you know, matter of fact, we got a picture of another Randy and him, so there was three of us together at one time. The uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. At the end of apocalypse um, or something? Like ah, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know. There's, there's. Anyway, I have a Randy that follows me in the line. Randy Darling is uh, my deputy grandmaster. Or Green grand Commander. Yeah, 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 him, him too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's my Deputy Grand Commander. And uh, not only is he my Deputy, but he's also in my home lodge. And he's in my home, York, right? Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, and it did, it did not start out that way. Uh, we were several officer you know, positions apart. And there was actually another Randy in between us, uh, Randy Spaulding. Randy Spaulding was in between us. So at one point in time, there was three la- Randys in the Grand Commander line together. Oh, wow. And it was kind of,
0: yeah. <laughs> and when
2: all three of us would be around, if they said Randy, uh, all three of us would just answer. So Yeah, a little confusing. Um, yeah, exactly. So we went by our last names quite a bit. Mm. And uh, we still do. If all of us are happen to be in the same room, you know, we call each other by your last names oh, that's funny but you know but you're exactly right as far as you know philosophy history um i also look at it depending on your situation and what Scottish right or York right you belong to um i belong to the Indi- indianapolis valley of Scottish right also and mm-hmm. i've been a i'm over a 20-year member there and i've been a you know not that active because they're in indianapolis and my York right is more local
0: Right. Where, um, where Todd and I are located at in southern Indiana, we're right smack dab in the middle, uh, an hour east and west, each direction from Evansville, Indiana, and Louisville, Kentucky. In between right. Louisville, Kentucky and where we live, uh, about a 45-minute drive is Corden. Corden, yeah. So right. that there's a New York right, or Clark. Scottish Rite Valley mm-hmm. in, in Corden, and then there's the yep. one in Evansville that we could go to. And as far as the York right, we have one right here in Dubois County. Yeah, we're lucky. That we're we we are actually sitting in the lodge that it has tonight. Uh, you know, fun little inside here. Uh, Todd and I weren't able to record at our lodge, so thank God for the Brotherhood because the master of <laughs> Dubois Lodge Five Twenty, where the York right and Dubois County meet, he's like, you can use our lodge tonight. So they gave us the key, and we're gonna. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah. so, but. uh <laughs> That, well, don't go over there and play the piano. <laughs> yeah, don't, because
1: I don't think it's tuned.
2: <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know about that, but um, I just happened to—I was able to come down to that lodge and hold one of my winter um, battalion meetings down there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I remember hearing about and, that. And yeah, and that was my first time in that lodge, and that—that that was a—that's a really interesting lodge
0: room. You know yes, what I'm—you know um, what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to ask Brother Randall something right now. Go ahead. And okay. I'm not going to hold you to it. <laughs> but okay. when I petition the York Rite, oh boy. And I don't know how this works differently from Blue, Blue Lodge, but I'm assuming when you guys set or when the Lodge sets the degree date, I would be honored if you weren't busy with prior engagements, <laughs> if you would be here to see me take that first uh, York Rite degree.
2: Well, I happen to know Robert, and I'm sure Robert will let me know when that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, we we could do that. (laughs)
0: That's that's awesome. I have so many questions about the York ride. I'm still learning. That's why I'm super excited. Like I hear you and Todd always mention. Like uh, there's the there's the Royal Arch, and there's the Cryptic, and of course we all know Mm -hmm. about the Knights Templar. We've seen them. Is, is are these just the only three like bodies of the York ride or whatever you, what, how do you explain that to somebody that has no information about the York, right? Like what, what are those?
2: Well, you have the, you have the chapter and then you have the council and then you have the community. Now to my wife, I have to sometimes tell her which color coat that they're wearing. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the red coats, the purple coats or the black coats. Right. Um, <laughs> So, it, you know, if you're talking to somebody that's semi familiar with York, right, you can mention the colors of the coats and that kind of then their focus is kind of on, OK, well, these guys here represent the chapter. The chapter, their main color is red. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as far as that goes, um, they are the Royal Archmasons of the state of Indiana. Um, and that's where you get the continuation of your blue lodge degrees. Um, absolutely. That's, you know, your most important step after lodge, if you want to understand how do you get your wages? Um, and so on and so forth. There's a lot more teaching in the Royal Arch as far as masonry goes, Mm -hmm. um, than, you know, and then once you finish your Royal Arch degrees, um, I mean, your, your Mark master degree is basically like setting and lodge. Um, you know, same, same, uh, officers, uh, same outfits, uh, as far as the robes, if they're wearing robes, but they're, it's actually continuation of your, your, you know, the Royal arts degree, actually, if you look through history, uh, precedes your mastermation degree. Really?
1: Well, if you go in chronological order, really, you go in yeah.
2: chronological order. Yeah, you're
0: exactly. I, I did not. So, know that. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So if, if you're actually, um, you know, if you're actually Masonically speaking, you know, that's, that's your first step after taking your, your three degrees. If you want to learn anything more about Mason, Mm -hmm. um, you know, then once you get into the cryptic degrees and the end of the council, um, you know, which are the purple coats, um, you know, that's, that's also more Masonic oriented and teaches you more Masonic teachings. Um, and just embellishes on you know the Royal Arch degrees and your mm. and your Lodge degrees. Um, then once you get into the commandery, uh, which are the Blackheads, yeah. and the you know and the uh, the the three orders that are in that, um, then you get into more of your Christian side. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming well, that's, that's is, where
0: the Knights Templar comes into play. Yes,
2: that is correct. Okay, um, you have the Knights of Malta, the uh, the Order of the Red Cross. Um, the Mediterranean Pass, uh, the Order of Malta, and then the Order of the Temple.
0: Man, those black coats look amazing. When you see <laughs> the pictures from some of these lodge conventions, I'm like, man, those the black that look they look dapper. Like yeah. I really like those. Old plumage well, and everything. Yeah, yeah. you'll see, you'll see them in a couple movies too. Oh yeah.
2: Um, you know, one of the coolest movies back in the day of P- Knights Templar parading is Hello Dolly. Really, I've heard of that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I never so seen it. You'll, you know, you'll see them parading. Um, you know, the triennial. Now, this is in very interesting from uh, the triennial from 1925 uh which was um Leonidas newbie was held in Seattle, Washington. Now, you would probably say, "Why is a guy from and he's from Indiana?" Why is the guy, why is the most eminent grandmaster to be triennial held in, in Washington state? Well, when they were proposing the location for the triennial, the triennial committee, everything was right and perfect for the guys for Indiana to hold the triennial to where he was elected at in Indianapolis. Right. Um, and then. You know your typical Masonic fashion. Some look like, from what I've read, somebody made a amendment to the proposal to change <laughs> two words in the proposal from Indianapolis, Indiana to Seattle, Washington, and it passed. Oh wow! So oh. <laughs> Yes, sir. I have the. Uh, I won't say the transcripts, but there's a little book that that was put out by the Grand Encampment that was called the History of the Triennial. Of 1925 in Seattle, Washington, and um, that's kind of so, interesting. Yeah, I know. Um, so one guy made the proposal; it passed, and everybody got on a train, and and uh, they had the triennial in Seattle, Washington. Hmm. So that was kind of a nineteen <laughs> Exactly. That was not. I don't think it was really planned that way. No. Uh, so you know, but so they didn't. You know, he didn't. They didn't balk at it. And they have the triennial in Seattle. So,
1: so what exactly happens at a triennial? I, mean, I know you have the, uh, like, the marching and drill team competitions, but other than that, is it, like, just basically a big kind of a Shriners convention in a way?
2: Mm, no, not quite. It's not that wild, um, huh? <laughs> I, I I know a lot of Shriners that have been to Shriners conventions, and, and you know, um
0: Todd, you can't fool me. Them Shriner conventions don't yeah. get as wild as them grotto um, parties. you had. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. The grotto. <laughs> <been laughs> Ray, Steven, well. Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens kind of hit it on the head with his song "The Shriner Convention." Oh yeah, so yeah. Ali um,
1: Temple of the Shrine.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, Wait, my I got uncle. A... <laughs> I just thought, okay. Continue. I had to put that exactly. In there. Was that the car crash? Yeah, no, was no that was laughter. laughter. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that kind of sounded like my scooter crash at the. Never mind. Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's another story. I'll get I'll get it into that if you want to hear that right. about that. One. <laughs> later um, later. But you know the tri, the triennials kind of throw Grand Lodge. You've been to Grand Lodge. Oh yeah. yeah a yeah. lot of things. A lot of things happen. You know, as far as the meeting goes. Um, most of your states have a state dinner. Um, that's where your Templar, um, laws come into effect. Uh, they vote on the, the, uh, the officers for the next triennial, which is three years. Right. Um, and you know, it happens, you know, your triennial is held all throughout the United States or wherever the grandmaster wants to hold these triennial at, right. um, you know, this next triennial our last one was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, our next one's going to be in Salt Lake City, oh, wow. um, which will be next August, right after I go out of office. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, they do hold uh, the drill team competitions there for um, all throughout the uh, the uh, Templar um, the Grand Encampment. Right. So some states will form a state drill team, some commanderies will form a commander drill team, and you know generally you have to compete at state level and then go to the national level would well, like so, prather
1: uh prather commandery like won it like so many times or something like that or raper commandery Rapier, number 1 that's what i'm thinking of yep. raper not prather yeah
2: yep. raper commandery number 1 is uh uh very well noted nationwide by the uh the people in the drill community um, and george Kivitt. Who was their drill commander for years and years and years? I think is the most winningest drill drill commander in the history of the Grand Encampment. Wow, Uh, Little
1: Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I was crazy. up at
1: the asylum a few times at the uh, at the Grand Lodge building and everything, just see all mm-hmm. the trophies they had and the oh, yeah. grandfather clocks and giant suits of armor. I guess not giant, but the suits of armors and
0: we saw something like that when we went for Founders Day and we went to the the museum before we went into yeah. the research lodge. Didn't we see a suit of armor or something in the build? I remember we saw something that I was know. attached
2: to I remember. something. There's a suit of there's a um- there's a mannequin that's got chainmail on. That's Maybe what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, We saw something there. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with Raper as far as the chainmail goes. No. Um, but I can tell you in the book, which I thought was really cool, in the book from 1925 that I got, it listed every commander that placed. They did, I think, the top ten places and what they won. Oh, yeah, and oh. um that was really kind of cool and the article that they won i've actually seen in rapers um before they they moved uh when they were to the grand lodge building i've actually seen that trophy from yeah. 1925 yeah they had um, a bunch of them up
1: there i was up there right oh, before yeah. they moved because we were kind of checking all the york right rooms and the lodge rooms, stuff like that and they had i mean just gigantic like these big bowl trophies and a grandfather oh, yeah. clock was yep. one of them it was just yep. amazing that how did you get that yeah, stuff grandfather
2: on? clock um <laughs> uh, well uh depending on i am assuming where you went it was either mailed or shipped yeah. maybe by train you know i would assume by train yeah. um while we're talking, I can pull this book down and I can find out what they won in 1925. I mean, um, That'd
1: be, which amazing. is kind of cool.
0: This is a cool um, story. Yeah, I'm enjoying. it. Mean,
1: I, I enjoy the the, the nice timber thing. I mean, I'm not really a, a marching kind of guy and stuff like that.
0: I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a round shape. I don't march. <laughs> I don't run. I don't. You're
1: pretty sedentary. Yeah. Like <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, I'm not.
2: You know that skinny, but you know as long as you can keep pace. Oh yeah, um, you know you can. Uh, are there still you, a lot um, of uh, drill teams
1: out there right now, or are they kind no, of dwindling? No, absolutely like, not. Like the cards um, and
2: everything else, and all the other clubs. Exactly the, um, you know, as far as drill drill teams go in the state of Indiana, there's actually only about two oh, two wow. drill teams that were at. Uh, Grand Commandery this year uh, was um, uh, Raper Commandery number one which they like to say that they are the 317 All-Stars um, <laughs> a lot because and, and you know by, by saying that they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of Star Knights from all over the state of Indiana mm-hmm. that you know that will um, comprise that drill team uh, Baldwin Commandery which is the Commandery that I belong to uh, had one, two, three different commanderies that were represented in, in that drill team. Oh, wow. Um, so it is, you know, quote unquote, a dying art. Um, it does take a lot of dedication. Uh, Raper drilled at, I think six o'clock every Sunday morning Yeah, for about, um, three or four months straight. And the bad thing about that was, is that like our community, uh, Baldwin, there wasn't one meeting or one meeting of their drill team that, that every single one of their members were there. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, uh, it was kind of hard, you know, to get. I think the only time they had every single one of their members there is when they hit the floor at the grand community session. Oh wow! You know for the drill competition.
1: <laughs> it takes a little more than that to get three top, but.
2: And and I can I can say when Baldwin hit the floor, we were missing once or night because of he wasn't able to be there, and we actually drafted somebody from Raper's drill team, and he had never. We did an exhibition because. Raper was a uh, C team and Baldwin was a D team, so we didn't even compete against each other. Okay. So what we drafted a guy, uh, Sir Knight, and um, he marched with us and never seen the drill. Oh really? He just yeah, he just followed the commands and and that was a, you know, we did a really good job. Uh, There's a really cool video, uh, Sir Knight, Bruce Scott. Um did a video via uh, a drone. Oh wow. This is a little interesting. Marching under a drone and hearing a drone <laughs> yeah, look that's up. Cool. Yeah. So they uh they did that and uh we had a really good time.
1: Well you probably say most of the guys who are in those uh drill teams were probably military guys back in the day, you know, World War two, World War One. And they're probably oh, used yeah. to that. It probably it probably ingrained in their skulls a long time ago how to do all this stuff. So, well,
2: I mean, you know, back in the day, I mean, the commandery, so all of the commandery movements in the drill teams are based off of horse commands. Really? You ready I'm for sure. that one? i never heard so of that. So, <laughs> we do wheels, um, you know, when we say right wheel march, left wheel march, in circle, um, those are all horse commands because horses cannot do um, 90 degree angles. True. So in lodge, in lodge, if you're, you know, in lodge, you're doing 90 degree corners and everything. In commandery, you take the shortest route from point A to point B uh, on a lot of stuff. And then um, there's moving pivots. There's fixed pivots, but um, there's a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of times you go to the shortest route, like the, we'll just say in the in the lodge, you have the junior deacon, he goes to the door and answers the door. Um, yeah. He's doing a 90, 90 degree, you know, to go to the door. Well, in the commandery, uh, yeah, the warder, which is the, uh, the equivalent, say, of the junior deacon, he goes the shortest route to go to the door, which is not a 90 degree. So you yeah, turn and open the door.
0: Todd's, Todd's sitting here looking Ooh, at me yeah, as I'm kinda. Todd's sitting here looking at me as I'm looking at the junior deacon spot and my head's kind of tilted. Right? He just yeah, smiled because yeah, he's like, "You're thinking it about it in your head right now." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I um, went when I went to York right. I went through a one day class and I've never been to one York right means since. So I'm really looking really? forward to. Well, I mean, I went through one day and they my York Wright in Noblesville happened to meet the same night as my grotto, which I was already an officer in. So right, instead right. of transferring someplace else, I'm like, well, I'll just do it after I get done with the grotto. And then I moved down here right after I got done being a past being a monarch of my grotto. So I'm like, well right. crap. And then I got suspended for non payment dues and I'm working on getting that rectified now. Mm. So just gotta get a hold That's of Charlie. Easy. Yeah, I gotta get a hold of Charlie Charles Bowling now in Noblesville and yep. I think I've already said the chapter guys down there at Grand Lodge already sent an email to him, so he knows what's going on. And I know Charlie for shit. 20 years now so i just cuss on here you know yeah i can edit that out Very yeah, right, good thanks <laughs> well, i don't know we had
0: roger van gordon on a couple weeks ago and he said the word bitch but yeah. it was in a good context it so was the right context i left it in yeah so they pull our I, news I have cards to talk to him to a lot <laughs> speaking speaking of like roger lodge. <laughs> uh so we had a phenomenal episode available in our archives oh yeah with past grandmaster roger van gordon and <laughs> when uh, Roger was like, you know what? I've listened to you guys. Whenever I found out you were the only Masonic podcast in the state, he goes, I fell in love with it, da, 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 da. And we were talking and, and he goes, I really like what you guys are doing this season where you're doing a lot of interviews where you're, you're getting masons to put their story on tape. And then in the event that something happens to them, here's this audio out there for their family to go back and hear their voice one more time. And Roger basically asked us, he said, what other kind of guests do you have lined up? We're like, well, it's just kind of, you know, hit or miss. We like, Hey, let's talk to this guy. And he goes, well, I would like to send you a list of some people that I'd like to interview. Yeah, he got the beat and then the I, as he got me the list of like 30 names, I was like, I'm friends with a couple of these guys on Facebook. There was you, <laughs> there was Monty Thurman, which I cannot wait to talk to Monty. There was so many other guys. There's several guys on that list. Like I'm friends with. And, Your name was, and I told Todd, I said the first name we're pulling off this list is Ellington's. I was like, there's just something about this guy I want to talk to him. Probably because of my interest in my upcoming, you know, I'm going to, you know, they have a petition for me here. I just haven't been able to get with them. I would like to come down and have dinner when they they meet and then fill out my petition with them. We just haven't been able to make the schedules work. But I was like, Ellington's going to be the first guy off this list we get to. And Todd's like, all right, let's do it.
2: Oh, thank you very much I, I, my wife and Roger went to school together Really? Um, and
0: yeah they were
2: a little, a little ways apart but uh, they're from a small farming school uh, southwestern and there's two southwesterns in Indiana but there's southwestern and then uh, if you watch any kind of sports you'll see Shelby County yeah. after it because uh, there's another southwestern I think down by Hanover College area But, uh, Roger, um, there, there's, there's a funny thing with him being a lodge. Um, his dad was a member of farmer's lodge, 147, uh, Walter. And I remember Walter when I first joined the lodge. And when I joined the lodge, I was basically the the kid, you know, I'm in my thirties, you know, uh, I bring the. Age, you know, age uh, average age group in my lodge down quite a bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um,
1: that's what I did. You too. know, I
2: re- yeah exactly. <laughs> so I I remember Walter coming to the state of meetings. Well, Walter L- Roger grew up literally, basically right next door to the lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, Norristown, if you look at it on a map, we're just south or we're just north of Hope, Indiana, um, and we're right off of uh, State Road Two Fifty Two and State Road Nine. And Norristown is a little bitty settlement uh, with um, basically two roads. It's County Road 1100 South and Norristown Road, which is only about a half mile long. And our lodge met in the old school building that was right there.
0: That's why Roger um, made the joke. He goes, you guys are Southern Indiana rednecks. He said, and believe it or not, he said, us Central Indiana people are rednecks too. Oh, he man. He said small he was, town.
2: Yeah, he was, uh, he, there was, uh there's two stop signs there and they're on the same road at the same intersection and that's it. Uh, the other stop sign you have to stop at is on the, uh, at state road nine and state road 252. but Norristown road and the County road 1100, there's a stop sign going, um, both ways on 1100, but Norristown road doesn't have to stop. And, uh, but Roger was one of the first Masons that I met, um, At when I went down there to lodge. And, uh, there's, there's, you know, he has jokes about, um, being the kid. And that's what he was referred to, uh, because him joining that lodge, he also brought, you know, back then, he brought the age group of, uh, the average age of members down quite a bit because his dad was active, uh, active in the lodge. And, uh, I've, I've looked at with Roger being a senior D Malay and being down there when I joined lodge, um, you know, just, uh, I, I will have to say that my lodge is very, uh, fortunate to have two past master, two living past grandmasters from my lodge, um, which is having that aspect, um, I think there might only be maybe one other lodge in the state that can actually say that right now. Right. And I can't even tell you which one it is, but we have two active, you know, pastor and masters for my lodge that actually come to state of meetings all the time. I like to go to visit Roger so, Lodge sometime. You, well, now lodge. we've moved. Yeah. So, I heard that. Yeah. So you told us a was,
0: tremendous story yeah. about that.
2: So we, um, so if you look actually on my Grand Commander's pen, you'll notice that my pen and also my coin uh, are dedicated to the youth and also to Templary. Right. Um, you have the Demolay logo, the rainbow logo, mm-hmm. and the Jeb's Daughters logo on there along with the cross and the crown for Templary. Um, they have a dual They have a dual meaning. Um, the one meaning is, is my personal family. Right. My sister was in Jeb's Daughters my brother and I were in D malay and then my cousin, um, my cousin Binky who she was in rainbow in Ohio would be my uncle's, my uncle's daughter. Um, my dad and my uncle were both masons. Um, my uncle was the first Shriner I ever met Mm -hmm. because I thought that his red fez was really, really cool when I was a kid. Um, you know, and so he was the first Shriner I ever met. Um, and he was in the shrine out in El Paso, Texas, uh, when he uh, he was in the military at Fort Bliss, mm-hmm. and uh, he belonged. He was active in the Honor Guard out in El out there. I think it's El Medina. I think is the correct pronunciation. You're right. You're I don't right. know if that's the correct pronunciation or not, but that's the shrine that he belonged El Medina, to. Medina, maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But it's that one. It's that one out in El Paso. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. then the other, then the other aspect of it is, is that since um, my family was involved with the youth groups of Masonry, I wanted to try to give back to Masonry, to the youth groups. Um, so the, so if you purchase the coin, um, one third of that will go to Job's daughters. One third of the proceeds will go to Rainbow, and one third of the proceeds will go to to uh, Dee Malay and so every bit of the money that i that we collect for my personal coin will go to those three youth groups um and it's a way you know the those youth groups gave to my family when we were kids and this is a way for me to give back in honor of that um in honor you know uh, honor of us belonging so you know, that's the two. That's the two meanings of the pin. One is a personal reason, and the other one is, you know, giving back. Giving back to our Masonic youth. Well,
1: that's awesome, right there. So, uh, now Roger said, that "You guys, uh, you moved your lodge out to Rainbow's. Uh, that's camp, the other thing. campground. Or so, you got, yeah, or?
2: you're exactly right. So, um, my lodge used to meet in the Norristown School Building. Um, prior to uh, moving into that lodge building, we actually resided in a, a two-story building um, on County Road 1100 South in Shelby County, just right off of State Road Nine. Um, that building, we met upstairs in the building, and downstairs was like a little store. And um, in about 1941-42 time frame, so right during like World War Two the high school or the school building, which is a, it's basically a bi-level, um, bi-level building, uh, was for sale. And so the lodge bought the building and moved just right around the corner, um, into that school building. Um, and then we inhabited that building uh, until last year, last August, I think it was August technically is when we had our first meeting at the rainbow camp. Okay. And uh, we sold. We kept the building in the town. Uh, we sold it to our neighbors, which was right behind us. And so we kept a local, and um, they have turned it into a living quarters for basically a house for their children, hmm. That's uh, for awesome. That's awesome. for their daughter and son-in-law. They live there now. And um, so the house, the um, the schoolhouse was. Still had the, the downstairs was kind of like your fellowship area. We had a right. pool table and a couple, you know, couches and mm-hmm. TV. And then we actually used the, uh, the kitchen was the kitchen that the school used. And I would guess that that, that stove was probably that same stove that was there when the, when we bought it. Oh, wow! Uh, cause it was, an, yeah, it was an old, old stove, uh, old oil stove. oil um, wow. yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, we used fuel oil, Oh wow. um, no propane <laughs> um, hmm. no, I take it back it was propane so, yeah it was yeah. yeah it was propane but we heated with fuel oil oh, wow. so we had that a boiler cheap. <laughs> like, oh no um, and then we had you know our dining area it was the school little school little cafeteria you used dining area for the kids Oh, wow and then um, <laughs> we went upstairs and that was they had renovated it and put drop ceilings in and stuff oh, and right. then built the the three dioceses and everything, but that was, we met in the school area of the, uh, of the school. Oh, wow. So there wasn't a lot of changes done to that building, you know, carpeted and paneling and stuff like right, that, but right. the, the building stayed, you know, normal. So mm. in Shelby County, we hold a outdoor degree, um, that used to be held Saturday before Masada home day. Okay, And, uh, we were, we would have anywhere between 50, 75 or more Masons come to our outdoor degree. And it used to be held, uh, we called it at Wilbur Cole's Lake, which was off of, uh, state road 44. But Wilbur had actually, um, when he got older, he went to live with his, uh, family out in Cole city, Indiana, which was a way out West. Oh, yeah. And, um, um, they probably just kind of North of where you're at on the West side of Indiana. Um, but Wilbur, Wilbur moved out there with his family and sold the property. So we had to look for a different place to hold our outdoor degree. And, um, one of our, one of the local rainbow girls mothers. She belonged to, uh, the Greenwood assembly. She mentioned, she goes, well, what about down at the rainbow camp? And I'm like, okay, what's the rainbow camp? So I had never been down there. So we took a trip down and they're right off of uh, the Edinburgh exit. They're at State Road 252, um, just east of there. And uh, so I went down there, took a look around and I talked to the caretaker uh, at that time and then got a hold of Bill Bill Shoulders, who um, is the president of the uh, the Rainbow Camp, um, their association, Mm -hmm. and talked to him and talked to Lynn. And they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you. So we started having our outdoor degree down there. And fast forward to now, um, we the lodge decided to uh, um, sell our building. We did. And when we were talking about going someplace, we wanted to stay in southern Shelby County if we possibly could um, and not merge with another lodge. Right, yeah you know because that's you know you don't ever you know you you don't want to merge if you do you lose your identity and but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's necessary to do in order to save the brotherhood that are close to you right but you know we decided that you know we have enough guys that are meeting but we need a building because the building that we have you know is you know eating up you know eating us out of house and home basically oh yeah so you know with repairs and stuff like that so we decided that uh you know we're like hey you know we meet at the rainbow camp for an outdoor degree they have a building down there i wonder if they would be interested so roger and Rodney man both past and masters both talked over uh, stuff with the grand lodge and um they decided that that would be a great great thing we talked it over with rainbow and we have an agreement that um that we use their facility uh for our state of meetings and the grand lodge has come up with it's called a lodge in a box program yep i heard that for okay so um ours is more than just a box it's a closet um <laughs> but you know it's uh you know basically a 10 by 10 little room and we have everything that we need in there to actually do a degree and set up lodge, um, inside of, inside of the building. Uh, it's the Hazel Thompson coats, uh, or they call it the HTC, um, Chateau. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the grounds are owned by the Indiana Rainbow, and they have their own little, uh, nonprofit, uh, part uh that that takes care of just the grounds and they have a caretaker that lives on site brother jerry lemon um he lives on site and then they also have another house that's used by the um the rainbow pops and moms that come down you know from rainbow right um whether or not they're going like i know bill and lynn uh stayed at the chateau uh around uh grand lodge Oh, wow. so they stayed down there in the house um and then the chateau is a complete um we'll just say like a little mini hotel oh, okay um you know downstairs has got a large uh dining facility there's a little family gathering room with our area with tv fireplace um lounge chairs and then there's a. Um, you know, bathrooms, kitchen, full-service full, full service kitchen. Oh, wow. Um, you know, just like your your house or whatever. Um, freezers, you know, refrigerators and stuff. And then upstairs, which is really cool, they have, a, uh, they have about 20 or so twin beds up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have two different rooms uh, with, you know, other beds in them and some TVs and stuff like that up there where if you're a, a rainbow uh, assembly, you can go down there and you know have a you know have a outing and it's all uh it's all in a wooded area um and then you know that also ties into my wife's family my wife's family used to own that property back in the in the 40s and 50s and stuff like that at one point in time so it used to be a yeah it used to be a sugar maple tree farm and um, there's still sugar maple trees on the land. And my mother-in-law would tell me stories about how she, as a, as a little kid, would go and help harvest the sugar maple from the trees. And um, there was some sugar maple buckets. There were some sugar buckets left there at the property uh, from the previous owners and uh doug Wynn, who's a brother from walden lodge uh is related to my wife and he's his family owns property very close to there and he can tell me stories about when he was a little kid about
0: you know same thing oh wow Todd, are, you, are you google it, mapping this is that what you're doing i'm checking. trying to figure out
1: where the lodge is at because i know i looked over okay. here while you were <laughs> okay. talking
0: brother randall and todd's got google maps up. i'm like he's trying okay. to find this place okay so I found it
1: one time i know i did but i can't hell i can't even find edinburgh on this phone right now <laughs> okay well once
2: you find the edinburgh exit and i can give you an address oh no that's not a can. big deal but i mean I've, but I've, I've, it's, I've, but I'm but it's really easy
1: animal. yeah no it's not <laughs> it's
2: it's it's real easy and, and as a matter of fact it's uh coming north on I65 you get off at of the Edinburgh exit at State Road 252 you go east to the first road you turn left and we're the second dri- second or third driveway on the right hand side i just
0: think that's fascinating that that's where <laughs> i having more, like you. that's that's i think it's a great idea cuz if you have a
1: million you can't afford no more cuz you know right. ladder membership whatever and to do something like that is to me, it's kind of, yeah, I wouldn't say groundbreaking, the word for it, but, I mean, I think it's some of lodges out there struggling to pay for these big temples or, you know, good-sized buildings, and then they, you know, they sell that moving like right to the little pole barn.
0: It's redefining what a lodge is. Yeah, and the lodge is exactly. the building.
1: You know, I've always said the lodge is the building, the lodge is the membership. But that's no that's old, exactly right. There's no tradition in the lodges. You know, you hear some say, well, my dad, my dad's been here, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, you know, how much are you gonna fork out to pay the to heating bill this month? Yeah.
2: So well, and and that and that was kind of another aspect is we had a couple members of our lodge, and that did have roots, you know, going back several generations, you know, in their in their family. Roger mm-hmm. being one from right. his dad, you know, like I said, I knew Walter, which was his dad, and you know, so I know that there was Masonic, you know, footholds in in mm-hmm. my lodge building for you know, well over 75 years, um, you know, or more. And Roger was the first one to stand up and and basically say the lodge building is historical. Yes. That is part of our heritage, but that's not what defines the membership. It's the brother, it's the brother, it's the brotherhood of the members and we could go meet out in a pastor and yep. in, in, in a pasture somewhere, and, and hold whole lodge, and it's that's that's what makes lodge. It's not the building; right. it's the members.
1: Well, like they say back at eighty times, they been on a high hill or a low dale.
2: Exactly, and they met out in the open. You know, I mean, you know, you have a couple outdoor degrees um, in the state that you know. There's one up um, that is held in a rock quarry. And Nobleville does that Noblesville does. I don't know. Um it's actually just south of um or it's north of I seventy there north in ha- north of Hancock County. Okay. North yeah. of Greenfield. Um, yeah, I know, I know. I, it's at IMI IMI construction yeah. or IMI uh gravel fence. Yeah Noblesville yep. they
1: have one down in the quarry I did and it was, mm-hmm. you know, ten years mm-hmm. ago. They have one down there yeah. and it's at the uh, Beaver Creek uh quarry. Yeah. And it's all stone, They got stone steps and everything. It's a really neat place right off the It's really easy to get to too. So, you know, you got drive We actually miles used to have
2: <laughs> We actually used to have one here in Shelby County too before we started doing our regular outdoor degree that yeah. we do now. Um, we actually used to hold one in a rock quarry down at State Road 252 and State Road 9 okay. right next to Northtown right where my lodge was was at. Okay. So there's rock quarries down there. And we've actually held one down there yeah. in the past. In a rock quarry. It's always interesting. The outdoor degrees are always
1: interesting because, you know, you just never have how We've
0: to got up. one coming up at the uh, in in our area, this part of southern Indiana. We do? Uh, uh, yeah, County. Branchville <laughs> Lodge is going to put on one at uh, Leavenworth coming up sometime in the end of next month.
1: Well, no, uh, Wart County has one. Linville, Boonville, they have one. I, have, a,
0: I have never in 15 years <laughs> been a part of an outdoor degree. That's something that I have not. I'd like to see one. I've just never been able to make it work with my schedule.
1: We'll go this year. I'll find us one.
2: They're well, fine. I can I tell them. you that the outdoor. We also did an outdoor night degree. Oh yeah, that was at the Rainbow Camp, and it was in the in the night in the um, dark. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh well, man, it, I bet that was so see. At, yeah, it started out a desk, desk, and then we lit tiki torches mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, uh, Bridgeport Lodge came down, and who threw? Um, the master, the master that year was another fellow, Demolay Dad, um, over at Hendricks County, and he and I talked, and and we worked it out where they we held we used the same, um, furniture of the lodge down mm-hmm. here at the Rainbow Camp, to have an outdoor degree, and the other cool thing was that we used the uh, Templars in uniform, as uh, sentries.
1: Oh wow! Because we, yeah,
2: because <laughs> we had to have them. We had to have the lodge set up away from the over by one of the houses because there was rainbow girls that were coming down, uh, for an outing and they were going to be in the big, in the, uh, in the chateau building. Okay. So, yeah, that, uh, that was kind of interesting.
1: All the ones I've been to have always been at night. Uh, one I work County it was at night and thank God I brought my uh, bug spray and thermo cause it was yeah. like a mosquito infested mess. And you're then, exactly right then one down i went down when i know They had a little uh i guess call it slime pit or just you know runoff pit next to it if you sit in the uh, in the south you're eat of mosquitoes if you sit in the north you're fine
2: <laughs> that's funny oh, well yeah. the well the lodge building that my lodge was in the old schoolhouse we actually set north and south oh, really? um so our east was actually in the north Um, just because of the way that the building was built, you know, that's the way, you know, it was a longer North and South than it was East and West. Mm -hmm. Um, now when we go to the rainbow Camp when we do the outdoor degree, um, we actually set East and West. Yeah. So, um, and then now the way that we set inside in the building, and this is the other funny thing about that. So this is what kind of tied everything in. For my lodge moving over to the Rainbow Camp is we have held, luckily knock on find some wood somewhere, yeah knock three times. Um, <laughs> is that um, time. I know right? So we would hold if there become inclement weather. It no longer was an outdoor degree, but we would still hold degree. We would move it inside of the building. Oh yeah. So it was a rain. It became a rain or shine degree. Yeah. Um, whether or not. You know, it didn't matter. And the way that the degree worked is generally it rotated, whoever hosted the degree um, provided the candidate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that didn't always work, but Go it ahead. would revolve around the county lodges in, the, in Shelby County. Right. And then the second section of the mastermation degree was generally an all star cast yeah. of brothers from the different lodges sometimes even outside of our county but we would try to keep all the guys in the second section being members of all all the lodges in the county yeah we always um, tried to have a, a full uh, 12 fellow crafts to i've done i've to do done that, that. i've do, i've only seen that once and i've done it once yeah so
1: yeah so i've never done, guy done guy it myself leather yeah. aprons and everything it was all done I mean, okay. it, it was a cluster don't get me wrong. Trying to get everybody oh, yeah. to, when they call roll, trying to get everybody to remember what, what which one they were. That was, well, who they were? Yeah, that exactly. was hilarious. <laughs>
2: um, you know, I, I seen a roll done one time that they used all past grandmaster names. Oh really? <laughs> I mean, oh man. yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we so that's kind of the other way that we got over to the rainbow camp was because of because of that, and uh, now in August at our August state of meeting um most horseful grand master gary Brimley and the grand lodge is going to come down and dedicate the rainbow camp building as a masonic building for um for masonic lodge. Okay. So we're going to have a rededication and I kind of made the funny, you know, funny comment that um we've held lodge and had grand lodge and grand masters down here I don't know how <laughs> many times. We're just now going to do this and then like, wow the, the the thing is is it becomes a permanent a permanent location for right. the lodge so right. it has to be dedicated so yep yep so
1: you guys meet and on then, what, the first thursday down there or up there
2: yeah we meet on the, the way that the way that masonry worked in Shelby County at one point in time and it's now changed a little bit is that the first thursday of the month was blue lodge the second thursday of the month was uh, chapter and council for the york right the third Thursday was open for degree work for anybody. The fourth Thursday was commander. Okay. And and that's the way that Masonic uh, history had went in Shelbyville, Shelby County for probably over a hundred years. Um, and then Morristown Lodge broke off of that order and they met on a, uh, they're no longer, they merged in with Sugar Creek, but they broke off and they went to a different day of the week. Mm-hmm. uh waldron meets on a tuesday night now i think they're the first or second tuesday of the month um shelby lodge just recently changed their date they meet on a wednesday night okay. um, i think it's the third wednesday of the month and then um the farmer's lodge at sugar creek still meet on the first thursday okay so a, and then well, the, now the moment. york right meets on mondays Oh, yeah. So your yeah, we meet on the second, the second and the fourth Monday of the month now. So we don't, we don't meet on the same Thursdays, and you know we kind of got off of that that way. You know, Thursday seems to be a popular day to do to do work a lot of times. Yeah,
0: so,
1: so you never know. You might see uh, two fat guys walking in the door one day. <laughs> hey, <laughs> visit you guys. You know, <laughs> come on
2: down. Yeah. So you know, I, I wanna
0: um, I wanna pivot a minute back to the York right. Uh cool. something just entered my head. You know, uh you got what th- how many degrees are actually in the York Because right? technically 14. didn't wasn't I told once by somebody that technically the first three degrees of your York right are your Blue Lodge degrees.
2: Yeah, so technically technically there's well I guess it depends on if you're a past master or not. Um I technically there would be okay. thirteen. <laughs> So you got your first blue lodge, your first three blue lodge degrees. You got four in the chapter. There's seven. You have three in the council. One is optional, but there's the two council degrees, and then three in the community.
0: Is every single degree a just a ceremony like the blue lodge degrees, or is or is it not always? There's some sort of theatrics like the master mason degree, or. What can you tell a brother without giving away too much information to somebody that's not New York? Right. Well,
2: um, all 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 of the, the degrees. If you if you're a candidate and you take the degrees individually, you're you you'll be a walking candidate. Um, they can be done in classes. Uh, a lot of times they're done in classes to where uh, there's an exemplar used. Like if you do a one day class, like the Grand Lodge or something like that. You'll have a walking candidate and then the rest of them are exemplars. Um, so like Prather will do their York right classes a couple times a year um, to where they will pick they will pick candidates to be walking candidates. But the rest of them will sit on the sidelines and watch the degree. Um, and that's really no different than the Scottish right. Uh, Scottish Rite does the exact same thing mm-hmm. they'll have a couple they'll have a couple candidates and then the rest of the class will watch and you know possibly participate when uh, they're called upon um, some of the like I said the there's an optional degree in the council which is a super excellent master degree that is optional in the state of Indiana the um, some states it's not optional
1: yeah.
2: currently it is optional some states council is not required to join the commandery. You only have to be a Royal Archmason in order to join the commandery in some states. Um, and that's actually in the ritual portion of that, that you must be a Royal Archmason, um, in order to take your commandery orders. Um, now in say the state of, um, Illinois, Illinois does not require you to be a council member they only require you to be a chapter member in order to join the commander or to join the Knights Templar, Knights Templar and the commander. Yeah. So some states it's optional. Um, Ohio is also another state where uh, being a council member is not required um, because there's not a lot of councils in Ohio and in L- Illinois. Um, Indiana is – York right wise is sovereign for chapter and council. Mm -hmm. Um, Sovereign being that there are um, general grand council and general grand chapter, but Indiana adheres to Indiana and will um, take under advisement, possibly some of the, um, edicts and stuff like that from the general grand chapter and general grand council, they don't necessarily have to, um, because they are sovereign. Um, now commandery, um, we adhere to Grand encampment, right? Simple of the United, United States of America. Now I didn't say anything else. It's Grand encampment, United States of America. Now it does. It says USA behind it. Now we do have other commanderies, and uh, grand grand commanderies outside of the United States, um, but they belong to our grand Encampment. Okay. Now there's also the great priories, and there's also other commandery organizations. There's yeah. also other Knights Templar organizations. Yeah, there's a um, lot of a, a lot of a You can, pull, you can Yeah.
1: It's it's pre, it's pretty kind of confusing in a way because I know be. uh, Dwayne Vaught. Yeah, uh, he was like general grand commander of a like uh, like a region of
2: the united states or something like that or dwayne dwayne is a um past most excellent grandmaster of the grand encampment yeah he, he so was, he was he's up there with, and he's a senior dmla too right yeah um, I knew that. So,
0: he was master um, after I, I got raised on leap year february 29 yeah, yeah. Uh, 08 i think oh he was master 07 and 08 something I think, like it, yeah uh, yeah
2: so, um he actually in, installed me as grand commander oh, nice. this year so that nice. that was another that was another thing that um ties into my pin and my coin and my personal um you know my personal history with the youth groups right is that my installing grand commander was a senior dmla yeah. my installing prelate was a past associate grand guardian a job's daughters who is george Ingalls, also oh, nice. past grandmaster and past grand commander oh, um jack wallace was my installing um recorder and he's a past rainbow pop of greenwood assembly his daughters run rainbow
0: there's a special and, place in my heart for them now if you uh, at founder's day you know that's that's been one of my proudest moments since, I've, to those guys. since yeah. I've been back you know a year and a half or so now almost two years is you know, they asked us if they could use our platform. I'm like, our platform's pretty small, but we sat down and we we interviewed with Demolay, Job's mm-hmm. Daughters, and the Rainbow Girls. And they still, to this day, every once in a while, we'll get a thank you so much. And uh, okay. that was that was an awesome part of Founders. That was the best part of Founders Day, aside from, you know, Lentz. We get a thank you from the Grand Master for what we're doing. And oh, I, was, yeah. I was like, Todd, I'm never washing this hand again. The Grand Master right. shook it. You know, it was,
2: was like, it did the Grand Master. You need a <laughs> <no less> special. <laughs> well, and then, and then I was wrapping up my installation with my commander's side. Um, so the other part of my pen and stuff like is the Crafts on the Crown. So I had um, Rodney Mann, who's past Grand Commander and past Grand Master. But anyway, he was my um, installing marshal. Oh, wow. Now, it ties into my home blue lodge. It ties into my home commandery. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had the commandery aspect also. Um, And so I had, that was my tie in also in my installation was the three youth groups. Yeah. So, um, and it was very special for me to have to, you know, most of past, you know, most excellent past grandmaster, not a last Um, you know, Dwayne Vaught, yep. do my installation. And uh, you know him being a senior DMLA, I'm a senior DMLA. And um, I appointed my prelate, Barry Clouser, who's also a senior DMLA. Hey, I know so, Barry Clouser. Exactly. So oh, I is, tried to uh, keep. That's
1: all his, three you know of that. his degrees. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I'm, a, I'm a past I, master I of Austin. So I'm a past master of Austin Lodge right next to Elwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when he went in and everything, and I thought. Know, this guy, he may he may go through something. The next thing I know, he's secretary lodge, past master, and getting York oh, yeah. right. I was like, I am just amazed with this because his dad was kind of active, but not all that active. But to see what Barry did, and, Barry done, he has just amazed me. He's a a great friend and a great Mason. Yep,
2: and and his son is in Demoy too. Oh, really? Okay, great. Yep. So you know, I I tried to tie in. You know, something I didn't necessarily pick him because he was a D Malay, that just kind of happened to be. Um, Barry has been one of my deputy battalion commanders or my assistants, you know, through me being a battalion commander mm-hmm. for Grand Commander. Um, he was one of my battalion commanders, and um, a lot of times that kind of works in that aspect. Um, but once you become you know, once you become grand commander, you have to make an appointment and your appointment is you have to fill the, your deputy, deputy grand commander's position in, yeah. as a battalion commander. So you have to find somebody or move your battalion commanders around in your state to fill that opening. Mm-hmm. You got to fill up, you got to fill a void. That's right. just like grand Lodge because we have a deputy, um, grand chapter does, does not have a deputy.
1: No.
2: Uh, grand council has a deputy. So, which is kind of different than your regular lodge. You know, you have this one position that they really don't have a part anywhere in your ritual. Right. But you know, what do you do with them? Well, um, in, in my current immediate case right now, um, you know, we had a, uh, a brother just recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday morning, uh, Sir Knight Tony Peterson. Yeah, I read
1: about um, that. That's terrible. I just saw him at grandma. Lodge I think.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. was up there. Um, uh, Sir Knight Tony filled, he was a um, jack of all trades and master yeah. of many. Yeah. Um, he is going to be deeply, deeply, deeply missed. Oh, I bet. Um, not only is he a grand prelate emeritus like I am, so we had that fraternal tie because there's not that many of us um but um he was one of my aides my grand photographer so my grand marshal um a couple other things so um in in honor of tony um his positions technically are not going to be filled uh for the rest of the year so Uh, i saw um, on facebook i'm like oh my god i saw
1: him last week
2: yeah, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. Yeah. I, I ate dinner at Grand Lodge with mm-hmm. him and, and Lady Monica. Um mm-hmm. but you know, so I'm not filling his positions for the rest of the year. No, that's good. Uh, so you you won't see you'll see guys doing those jobs. Right. But that those
0: That's a great manner of respect yeah. by the way. I'm not uh, going to yeah. fill that position. That's <laughs> yeah. That's phenomenal. That,
2: mhm. That that position, and matter of fact, the position, the the quote unquote jobs are going to be done by two, uh, a past grand photographer, and a past grand marshal. Oh wow! So those two, the I've already contacted both of those. Bruce Scott, who's actually the grand photographer, of the grand council right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was grand photographer for, um, um yeah, Ed Fodre, past grand commander, mm-hmm. and uh, my deputy. Grand Commander Randy Darling was um, Grand Marshal for um, past Grand Commander Larry Williams. So I've already contacted both of those, and they will fill in. Uh, but they already have, you know, they already have their own titles and stuff like that. And Tony, Tony and I have been friends now for twenty some years. He served as aides to two of our Grand Commanders from Shelby, from Baldwin Commandery. Uh, Paul Cole and Jack Wallace and I got to know him quite a bit there Um, and he served as a what was really cool is he showed me a jacket that he had on at Grand Lodge so if you seen him and you talked to him you noticed that there was a row of lapel pins right above his um, right above his pocket yeah and that's kind of weird that you know display all those lapel pins there (laughs) and I asked him I said okay I said, I'm looking at all these lapel pins and I'm going, huh, mine's at the very, very end on the right-hand side. Yeah. And I go, and I recognized all of them and I go, so what's up with the row of lapel pins? I see that I get the honor of being in, in there. He goes, yeah, that's all the grain commanders that I've served as an aide for. Oh, wow. And I'm like, really?
0: That's tremendous. <laughs> and, and
2: I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> and uh but Tony's Tony did a number number of jobs. Um green Photographer, Grand Marshall, um him and his lady Monica helped with the hospitality rooms forever. Um they took over for our uh Easter bus trip uh after uh or her bidding pa- uh, gave uh, his lady Doris passed away and they did it forever. Oh, yeah. Uh but you know Tony and Monica now have been doing it for several years five six seven years something like that um and um you know he's been doing uh for grand chapter well grand council too and grand community they've done uh like the uh the voting devices and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like for grand lodge uh they've been they've been doing that in the sound and stuff and uh um so there's gonna be several voids that are gonna to have to be filled to fill Tony's shoes. I can tell you that. Yeah, doing and,
1: sound at Scott's right is not easy from what I've heard. Those guys are no. always constantly busy adjusting everything, make sure everything's right and Oh yeah. Pretty um, comical when they mess up, but they they usually don't mess up very often. I know that.
2: Yeah. Tony had just set up, uh, we helped him tear down all of his equipment at the grand community and grand council session mm-hmm. up at 21st and, and, uh, one. And he's got a, he had a lot of stuff. to load. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I felt like I was helping my buddies and bands you yeah. know, being a, <laughs> a being a lump, you know, <laughs> being a lumper and being a, you know, gear guy. So, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, we, uh, are going to be serving as uh, honor guards for his funeral service on on Thursday, oh, wow. um, up in up in Fishers. Um, but you know we're not having Lady Monica has talked to me and I get to do not the Masonic part. We're having a Masonic service, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're having a Templar service. There's a Templar there's a Templar memorial service, um, and then I get to you could say officiate. "Quote unquote," right. um, mm-hmm. the the regular service, and we're not having a um, your normal your normal funeral service. It's going to be we're going to tell stories. Okay. Uh, we're going to tell you know memories of Tony. Celebrate
0: um, the life and the legacy. It's it's, yeah, it's,
2: it's a celebration. It's it's not yeah. a you know it's not a funeral no morning um, it's a morning it, period it's it's going to be it's going to be a celebration of life and that's uh, exactly
0: that's exactly what it's all about here, um, right it, we're oh yeah. celebrating he he made it to the grand lodge above like oh, yeah. what what higher yeah. honor is there none
2: <laughs> you know I, I i i got a couple i got a couple pretty good stories i'm going to tell <laughs> uh good. so yeah i'm sure he'll really appreciate it, it'll it'll be it'll it'll be it'll be interesting people yeah. will get a people will get a kick out of that
0: well brother Randy, I think we're gonna to start to put a bow on this. However, that we have only scratched the here? surface of York Wright talk with you. So <laughs> I I assure you, if you're okay with it, you will be a return guest one day. Uh, I have absolute Uh-oh. we have absolutely enjoyed talking to you. But oh, yeah. we're we're gonna end this <clears throat> with the same question that we have started to kind of end every episode with, and that is I'm sure, as you know, since being a supporter of the podcast, and we appreciate that, by the way. When the day comes and you lay down your working tools and you make it to the Grand Lodge above, what do you hope your lasting impact on the fraternity is? What do you hope people remember about you and your gift, not just to the Blue Lodge, but to the fraternity as a whole and all the appendant bodies?
2: Well, as you say this, okay, um... I got a short little story to tell you that I want you'll get a good laugh out of. All right, let's hear it. All right. So uh, I mentioned that Monica and Tony have served as our Easter uh, trip ambassadors, going to and from uh, the George Washington Memorial uh, for Commandery uh, over Easter over the last several last several years, and we go out to the George Washington Memorial have Easter um, celebration Easter morning. Easter Sunday morning, we generally march up Shooters Hill. Uh, But this year, we were actually in the Georgia-Washington Memorial and um, held our services inside. But the day before, uh, which is normally Saturday Saturday morning, we will go to Arlington National Cemetery and lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers. Mm -hmm. And this has been a tradition that Indiana Grand Commandery has done for 25 or 30 years. And the Grand Commander uh, gets the honor of uh, laying a wreath uh, with three other um, people that he chooses to to go down and lay the wreath at. Well, this year, um, I've been on the bus trip only one other time. But I woke up Saturday morning and Joe Sparks, who's our uh, now he, he was our Grand Captain General at the time, we were our roommates And uh, it's cheaper to go – cheaper to share a room than than it is to, you know, have your own. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so I wake up early, and we're getting ready to get dressed in our uniform to go to Arlington National Cemetery. And I'm unpacking everything, suit bags and stuff like that, and realize I don't have my black pants with me. Oh. Yeah, that kind of ruined the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That was one – that was – you know that was kind of the aspect that I was. Looking I can at. only imagine you
0: know, couple- as you're as you're opening the suitcase and you're like, hm, d, 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 oh no. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the words I
2: used, but yeah. <laughs> words, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, the bus is supposed to leave at like eight forty five. Uh, this is like 630-ish, six thirty ish, six six thirty, and um, you know, I'm. I make a couple phone... I I made one phone call to another brother that was with us, uh, Dominic Hamlin. And I'm going, okay, he's big enough. Maybe he's got a pair of pants that's going to fit me. Maybe he's smart enough to bring an extra pair. Well, Dominique and um, Ed Fadre, who had hurt his arm, uh, broke his arm, had drove out separately. So, um he said, no, he didn't have a pair. I didn't call anybody else. Cause first enough, I already felt stupid enough the way it was. Um, here I am. I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm second in command. I don't bring my black pants with me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a fool. Um, so I start, I, you know, you were Googling an address earlier. So I'm like Googling, Googling, and I'm like, going, Oh, there's a target mile walking distance. Well, by this time, Joe and I had already walked about 15 miles uh, during our little trip, right. I'm like, okay, I can, I can make it down there. I can make it down to this target by the time that they open. And then I should be able to make it back, get changed, get on the bus and go. So I make it down to target. They had just opened. I guess I went to the wrong target because there was, they said that they had one pair of pants at this target. Oh. Well, it wasn't the target that I went to. Oh no. I God. went, yeah. You, you, you ever see like the little Walmart, um, they call it a marketplace. Yeah, yep. I know. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they got like a little bit of something. They got a well, mini, it was they, a mini
0: target. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, so they had <laughs> zero dress pants. They did have dress shirts, and they had belts and stuff. And I'm like, I don't need a belt. I don't need a dress shirt. I just need <laughs> pants. So I opted. They had black, kind of dress jeans. They weren't really denim jeans. They were denim, but they were like slick jeans right. but they still had rivets in them you know and I'm like okay I gotta hide the rivets I got it and I'm going man I am like tired from like walking getting up at 630 <laughs> walking a mile to go to a stupid target because I'm a fool and I you know I didn't need pants so I spotted a couple of these scooters you know like oh, the scooters man. you see like oh yeah the rant scooters yeah oh yeah so man. I rented me a little scooter and I get on the scooter and I'm going straight and then all of a sudden, I'm holding a bag in my right hand <laughs> and trying to steer with the scooter in my right hand. I'm holding my phone in my left hand, oh God. trying to steer. I hop over a curb, and I don't make the turn to the right quick enough before oh. I hit the curb on the opposite side of me.
0: You're having oh, a good morning right there. I like it. <laughs> oh it gets better so (laughs) i
2: go over the handlebars and i land on the handlebars Mm -hmm. underneath my right rib cage um my phone goes flying and my right hand is upside down and my knuckles happen to graze the sidewalk um (laughs) the bag that happens to have my jeans in them i pick them up and i'm going i just bought a 30 dollar pair of jeans and there's a nice little road rash hole in the side of the jeans. And I'm going, God. yeah, that was, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm like, after I realized that, okay, I jump up, say a few words. I'm not dead. Right. My left hand's bleeding pretty good. <laughs> um, get back on the scooter and I ride it back to the hotel. Uh, make it there before the bus leaves. I go in and I see Joe and he's like, what did you, or no, I called him and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to make the bus. (laughs) So, so I called Dominic who drove over and, and he, he drove that out. So he was going to drive over to Arlington. And, uh, so keep in mind, I still have to get dressed in a white dress shirt (laughs) and a uniform jacket. With a bloody hand. Oh man, this
1: is <laughs> yeah. <offense.
2: laughs> oh yeah, it was. Um. So I get one of the uh, wonderful white washcloths of uh, the hotel. That's now in you know. I'm. It was thrown away, but you know, it's pink. You know, <laughs> wrap it around my hand, and uh, <laughs> I call Dominic, and I'm like, "Hey, can I like have you gone yet to Arlington? I need to hop a ride with you. You know, because of I, yeah, I." uh, fell off a scooter. He's like, you did what? I'm like, yeah, I go, I wrecked a scooter. I go, but it's parked out in front of the hotel. He's like, you're kidding me. Right. And, you know, we get through a couple other, you know, verbiages on the phone, you know, so I meet him downstairs in the lobby and keep in mind. Okay. So I got a white washcloth on my hand, you know, to try to stop the blood a little bit, but I have to put on white gloves. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I go, when I'm getting all dressed, so I'm like attempting to. I had to put on two white gloves to make sure that none of my red, red blood bled. Oh wow! <laughs> so that was a good, that was a good little morning. Oh and yeah. Then, uh, so at, at my grand commandery session, um, <laughs> uh, brother Jay from the Grand Commandery of Michigan, he's their current deputy grand commander. Uh, Sir Night J presented me with a nice little scooter, uh little matchbox scooter. That was a good one. Uh, so sc- scooter is kind of, my, it's you kind know. of funny. Uh huh. <laughs> and then at, at the Graham Lodge dinner, had dinner with uh, most with past grandmaster Dwayne bott and Lady Georgia. And Lady Georgia's like, How's your hand doing, scooter? Well, because <laughs> lady georgia was out there also and, and she seen me seen my hand so i was like georgia i used to like you yes <laughs> so yes it's been a wonderful little uh you know a grand lodge same thing seeing a bunch of guys that were yeah. you know how, how, how's your hand doing scooter um so that that's been kind of a little you know that was the the beginning of my you know grand commander year the end of <laughs> you know phil wizard's Grand commander Year last year was me flaying my hand open uh, a little bit, but uh, you know what legacy uh, you know do I think I'm gonna leave? You know, going going back to your your question, um, the only thing that I can I can hope is that as a as a dad, um there's there's a little saying and I'm not gonna get it right uh, unless I could find it really quick, but. Um, there's, there's a little little memo that, that says, you know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of house you have, what kind of car you have, what kind of bank account you have, how much money you got, um, any of your hourly, you know, I'm going to ad-lib here, any of your hourly apparel or anything like that. All that matters is the, what you left in the eyes of a child. You know, what did you do to help them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what have I done, you know? as far as you know helping the fraternity or helping I hope something I hope I've done you know whether or not it's just one thing um you know i can I can personally take pride in like my deputy grand commander I signed his york petition right. you know um you know he's following me up through the line accidentally you know after you know people drop out or whatever or get replaced. Um, you know, so I've left that. My, my legacy is like right behind me. Uh, the next guy behind him, my grand captain general, uh, is Joe Sparks. Joe was one of my DBCs. So he helped me, um, you know, in my lodge, I can say that when I was master of my lodge, um, I got the top 10 with highest distinction mm-hmm. with grand. Okay. So then my senior warden, when he became master, he got Grandmaster's Award with highest distinction. My junior warden, when he became master, he also got Grandmaster's Award with highest distinction. Oh, wow. So I have, and those three guys either now are my deputy Grand Commander, or my junior warden has been one of my DBCs and one of my aides all throughout my whole line as being in the Grand Commander line. Um, so, and then. One of the reasons why I joined Lodge was because of D. Malay again. Um, one of the D. Malays is now a past master in my Lodge. Oh wow! So, um, you know, when when I talk to people about membership and lot and commander, you'll see that the commander guys wear if they've signed so many top line signs, so many petitions, they get a membership cord that they wear on their mm-hmm. uniform. Uh, my very first membership cord is three active DMLAs. Oh wow! So That's awesome. they're they were active when they they were still under the age of twenty one when they joined lodge and joined the Yorkite, which means that they're active DMLAs. Mm-hmm. So those three guys, um, you know, we generally turn in those um, cords. Yeah, that one's staying with me forever until oh, yeah. somebody sells it or throws it away. Uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm gone, you know, I will know that those three young men, you know, went through, you know, went through Malay. They were all three master counselors. They all three joined lodge, separate lodges. Right. Um, uh, they actually joined three separate lodges, which is kind of funny. And then they all joined the commandery all at one time. Oh, wow. Um, and the, in New York, right. All at one time, they joined all three together um, and went through their degrees and went through their wars all together as, as, as one group. Oh, wow. um, you know, so I just hope that, you know, one thing that either I've done, I said, you know, I've helped somebody, you know, accomplish their goals, not necessarily mine. I've, I, you know, when I became master of the lodge, that's enough. You know, I, I did what I wanted to do in my little watch. Um, being a Demolay dad is probably, I do not have children. So those young men, um, you know, have been my kids. You know, I, I've seen now young men grow up to have kids of their own that have now started to join Demolay. Oh, wow. um, so, I mean, you know, that's, to the point to where, you know, when I look around the room and I still call, um, like past Grandmaster Harold, I still, I call him dad, mm-hmm. uh, past Grandmaster John Grine, I've known who's now passed away, but I knew him as a, as a kid. Um, I called him dad Grine, There's a little funny story of, of him and past Grandmaster Chesney eating, uh, breakfast together and a, me introducing a bunch of Dimalays to him, and I introduce one as Dad Grind. I introduce one as Past Grand Master Chesney. Yeah. <laughs> and Dad Grind goes, "Randy, do you you know I'm a Past Grand Master too?" And I go, "Yeah, but I've never referred to you to that, and I never will." You're <laughs> Dad Grind to me, and you've been Dad Grind since I was 13 years old. <laughs> so, I mean, so I guess what I hope to leave is just an imprint not a footprint not a handprint but at least a fingerprint on something that i can you know each grand commander has their own agenda their own rules you know they're not rules but their own thing that they want to do there the their year and i want to give back to the kids good to to the young masonic adults of this fraternity in indiana to where they're that they are equal to every appendant body in the state of Indiana. Not because, you know, a master counselor is just as equal as an eminent commander is. Or, you know, a honor queen is the same as a, you know, um, worthy matron. Or Mm -hmm. a worthy advisor in Rainbow, same as a worthy matron. Um, The kids are our equals. And as far as, you know, the appendant bodies goes. And luckily, I will say that uh, Dennis Schrader is the most uh, – Danny Schrader. Uh, the Grand High Priest. Uh-huh. He's mm-hmm. the mo- he, yep, most excellent Grand High Priest and the most illustrious Grand Master, uh, Jim Katania. Mm-hmm. All three of us are embodying our Masonic youth. Um, and, you know, one way of giving back, you know, is just showing these kids that we appreciate them You know, they come to our meeting, they come to our grant sessions and stuff like that, and they have Mm -hmm. dinner with us and stuff. We need to go to theirs, and we need, you know, and we do, but we need to go to their regular meetings and we need to show them that they're just as important to us that I hope that we are to them. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, you know, if, if I can do something, you know, my name on a wall doesn't mean anything. No. I'd rather have, you know, something that will you know, benefit the kids and I can tell you that the money that I'm raising for uh, D-Malay, my portion of D-Malay is going to go to the D-Malay Chateau. Um, oh, cool. Right down from your booth there at uh, Grand Lodge was a was the D-Malay booth and mm-hmm. they had uh, they're doing renovations down at the Chateau mm-hmm. and my money is going to go to the Chateau that way. All the all the all the DMA youth from the state of Indiana can use that building, right. and I want that money to go to all of them, not just one group, not just one person. Just it's going to go to all of them. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, and I hope Rainbow and Jobs do kind of the same. I want I want all the kids to be able to use it. You know, whether or not it's you know fifty cents or a dollar, right. but I can tell you right now. Uh, after Grand Lodge, uh, we've already raised well over fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, wow. um, you know, so fifteen hundred dollars in just a few weeks of me being Grand Commander. So I'm hoping that each Masonic Youth Group, uh, I'm hoping to raise some, you know, two 000, three thousand dollars maybe each group. That's awesome.
0: So, well, brother Randy, we're uh, we are uh, we are going to have to unfortunately put a bow on it. Our eight thirty guest has just. Has just texted Sweet. in. So um, we would like you to come back sometime if you would like to come back.
2: Hey, I'll come back and, you know, I might ride my scooter. And
0: and I am dead serious when I get my uh, petition, if if it doesn't interfere with your schedule, when I uh, take the first step of my York right journey, uh, if you're able to, it would mean the world to me. If you could make it, I mean, well, you got to come uh, out here we'll in the middle of nowhere if-
2: I, I've been I've been down there. So I know I know where it's at now. I know,
0: but I so, always say for all you big city guys to come down here to the small middle of nowhere part right. of the state, you know, it's,
1: it's kind of Shelby County. It ain't no bigger than Dubois County.
2: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I was born in Shelbyville. I was raised on the east side of Indianapolis. I moved back when I was in sixth grade. Um, so you know, I was actually born in Shelby County if you want to say that. So, you know, I'm not a country kid, but I actually live in the country now. I live on a farm, um, so or farm area. I'm are. surrounded by form four fields, my house is. So, you know, I've been down to Du Bois County. I know where it's at now. There's there's a little Funky roads to get to there, a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, and I passed a rallies, I think, on the way there. Oh yeah, uh, Jasper. Uh, Jasper rallies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, and they they had a line in the drive thru and I wasn't able to get food on my way home. I was a little depressed because we don't have a, the only. I don't have a rallies close to me anymore. Banana, banana milkshake, Todd.
0: Banana banana milkshake at rallies.
2: That sounds awful. There you go, uh, brother Randy. And, uh,
0: I want to thank you again for this pin. Uh, I have I have been looking at this pin this entire episode, and uh, I I have certain hats I wear every day, and then I have certain good hats, and I think I'm going to pick it, one of my good hats to put this pin on. But this is an absolute. That's what—that's one thing I love about Mastry is All the pins, we oh, yeah. different pin. This is a beautiful pin. If so you like
1: pins, you're in the right club. Yeah.
0: So, uh, brother, brother Randall, if you want to one more time, uh, just before we, you know, hang up the phone here, if you want to introduce yourself to all the listeners, and uh, again, Todd and I absolutely thank you for your time absolutely. being here tonight. So,
2: well, brothers, it has been a pleasure um, to be on this podcast and to hopefully help uh introduce you relative to the york ride masonry and uh bring bring along another one once he gets uh gets his dues situated yeah. you know once uh <laughs> once charlie charlie takes care of him yeah. but uh i want to thank you guys both for allowing me to be on here i hope that uh um you know this this helps Um, some of the brothers that want to take that next step in masonry Mm -hmm. uh, into either York, right. Or Scottish, right. Either one, but to help fulfill their Masonic wants um, it will, you know, they always say milk does the body good. Right. Well, in masonry, you know, in masonry, it's always about more light, searching for more light. Well, the York, right. And the Scottish are more light. And, you know, in order to, to fulfill your Blue Lodge, you know, take that next step. But uh, for being on here and being on this podcast, uh, I greatly appreciate it. And once again, I'm Randall Ellington. I'm the right eminent Grand Commander and Grand Prelate Emeritus of the Grand Commander Knights Templar of the state of Indiana.
0: That's a awesome. mouthful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it is. Well, uh, we thank you for, uh, for being on here tonight. Todd, you got anything?
1: No, nope, there's uh we'll see you next time down the road, Randy. Thanks, fellas. All I right. Appreciate it. Uh huh. Have a good night. Bye bye. All right. You too. Bye bye.
0: That was uh
1: a grand eminent commander. Most of them. That, that was that was cool. It.
0: That was cool. Yeah.
1: Having the grand commander come on your podcast. Pretty big deal.
0: For an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah. That's uh that's some Roger Vanga. Boy, them farmers lodge boys. I what, those boys are talking. <laughs> I love it, though. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't it. mind it at all, man. They could go wind them up and go. Hey, less
1: we got to talk. You that's know? right. That's right. <laughs> they don't have
0: to listen to us. All right. So Todd and I are uh, going to take a small break, and yep. uh, we'll be back with some more content for you guys. Peace. Peace.